The City Citizen from EY. Hello and welcome to The City Citizen. This is a podcast series from EY examining how cities can transform to be more resilient and sustainable places to live and work. I'm your host, Megan Mills, Strategy and Operations Leader, Government and Public Sector for EY. Each episode, we're joined by expert guests for their specialist insight into our theme. Joining us from Sweden is Peter Danielsson, Mayor of Helsingborg. Hi, Peter. Hi, happy to join you. And from Austria, Gerald Babel-Sutter, co-founder and CEO of Urban Future. Hi, Gerald. Hi, Megan. Peter, Helsingborg is on a remarkable, award-winning transformation agenda. It's been making sustainable transformation happen quickly with ambitious change projects. And we'll look at how you've driven that change in a moment. But for people who aren't familiar with Helsingborg, can you paint a picture of the city for us? Yes, I I can do that. Helsingborg is um, a mid-sized city. Uh, It's situated at a very attractive location in between Oslo in Norway and Hamburg in, in Germany in the greater Copenhagen area. And uh, it's a city with a very high quality of life and it has made Helsingborg uh, one of the region's fastest growing cities. And we have high ambitions. Uh, We're actually one of Europe's most innovative and green cities. And we are also proud that Helsingborg has joined 99 other cities in Europe in pledging to lead the way towards climate neutrality by 2030. And of course, um, Helsingborg, like other cities, also are facing comprehensive challenges. Uh, such as climate change, security, social sustainability, and a demographic challenge. But, and at the same time, our citizens want uh, simpler, faster, and more uh, flexible services. So in Helsingborg, we have concluded that this equation and, and these challenges, uh, they can only be solved by changing how we work and finding new solutions. And that's why we, in, in recent years, have focused so strongly and invested in innovation and collaboration across all sectors with the H22 City Expo this summer as a crescendo. Amazing. It's such an inspiring story, and I look forward to, to diving deeper into that. I've also added Helsingborg to my list of top list of places to visit. It just seems like an incredible city. Um, And Gerald, before we get deeper into the topic, what is Urban Future's story and relationship with Helsingborg? Well, Megan, you know, the Urban Future story is a story basically that's been born out of a very simple observation. So when you deal with uh, sustainable cities, most that has been and actually still is said and written about is is about what cities should be doing. Um, But what we saw was that what city leaders wanted the most and actually needed the most was a very hands-on expertise on how to do things and how to transform uh, the various aspects in the city. So we had the idea of creating an environment for municipal leaders where they can openly share their experiences, but more importantly, where they can share uh, the mistakes that have been made along the way. And today, Urban Future brings together about 3,000 people every year, 3,000 of those who initiate, who run the transformation processes in hundreds of uh, cities around the world. So that is what Urban Future is. And we have been very lucky earlier this year when uh, this year's Urban Future event was hosted by the city of Helsingborg and making Helsingborg not only a place for thousands of shapers to meet, but actually be a very shining model uh, for other cities to learn from. 
So Peter, you've been the mayor of Helsingborg since 2006, really taking the city um, from being a, a typical municipal administration to a shining example of one of Europe's most impressive and innovative transformation stories. What type of mindset and culture was developed to facilitate this change? Uh, yeah, Megan, this uh, has been an amazing journey for me, 16 years as, as mayor. And um, I think it's important to, to start to say that we, we have set up an ambitious goal to tackle the city's challenges. Um, and that goal was to make Helsingborg one of Europe's most innovative cities. And we also created structures that support achieving the goal and added earmarked funding for, for innovation. But of course, we also wanted to change our employees' mindset and the strategy has been to get our employees to, to dare to test and do more. And we wanted to create a strong culture where you seek solutions instead of obstacles, uh, where you see opportunities in challenges and don't fear mistakes, but see the mistakes as, as learning. And actually, the fear of failure uh, is the greatest challenge in, in many organizations. And that's why we in recent years in Helsingborg have tried to counter the fear of failure in different ways. And one way is to, to test many things on a smaller scale, to start doing instead of starting to investigate and instead learning along the way. And we have also set up an, an award for uh, the mistake of the year. Um, and that is to underline that it's okay to fail as long as you try and you learn something from it. And a learning here is that leadership is absolute crucial uh, for the culture in a city. That leaders have to lead by ambition and by example. Leaders also need to dare, test and do. And we have a lot of examples of that in Helsingborg. Um, for example, our large scale investment in innovation and the H22 project and our quality of life program and our local Paris agreements with the businesses and our citizens. Gerald, in keeping with that same theme, what are some of the other projects in Helsingborg that really stand out to you as examples of how it's become more sustainable, inclusive place to live and work? Well, that's a long list, actually. Um, I have never seen in our work with cities across Europe any city that had such a profound, massive transformation on how a city operates. And I cannot stress this enough because when you have an organization an administration a city administration i think everybody has a um, an image in in their minds on, on you know what is an administration and what are they doing and now put on top of this the idea of being i don't know google or a tech company where everybody is innovating um, and everybody can come up with ideas and, and, and you sit together in cool offices and, and, and working on, on, on future projects. And that's actually what happened in or what happens in Helsingborg. And I've never seen that before, how these people are working together and how different the skills are that their managers have. Rather than being administrator, making sure that a certain number of papers is pushed through their agenda or through their teams, but more 
being enablers so that everybody in this huge organization can come up with ideas and, and create the transformation that the city wants. And whether it's a project for a new district, whether it's a project for treating wastewater, whether it's a project for creating new uh, children playgrounds, you can pick out of hundreds of projects that they have been doing in their organization and together with their environment of businesses and universities and, and citizens. Uh, I, I would like to say that the, the H22 project um, that led to the uh, H22 City Expo was not just a project for us. It, it was a platform or an ecosystem. It was a movement that totally changed the city's DNA and transformed Helsingborg from from a producer of services to an enabler and where solutions were um, are co-created in collaboration across all societal stakeholders. And that is very important for, um, for solving the, the difficulties and the challenges that our city uh, stands in front of. Peter, that's what I really like about Helsingborg because you can read about cities trying to do that. You have all these sustainability jargon where you have cities saying, okay, we have this holistic approach of, you know, triple quadruple helix working together collaboration but this is you know Helsingborg is where it's actually happened you made it happen and that's pretty cool okay let's take a look at leadership's role in a city's transformation Peter what have you learned about how to lead well during a rapid period of change that the foundation is very important uh, as a leader you have to to set a clear structure uh, with an inspiring vision, uh, ambitious goals, and a good uh, city governance structure. And you also need to uh, promote a brave and permissive culture uh, based on a trust-based leadership and well-trained leaders. And actually, we send all our leaders uh, on training camp in, in Helsingborg because we know that leadership is crucial if you want to uh, reach good results. And if you have this foundation in place, then it's easier to handle rapid change. And another learning is that to be able to handle rapid change and complex problems, we need to collaborate more. We need to break the silos within our own organizations. And we also need to collaborate more across all sectors with other cities, with the regions and with the state, with academia, the private sector, civil society, and of course, with our citizens they can be uh, change drivers as well. Gerald, what's your view on how diversity in leadership contributes to driving ambitious change? My view in diversity is that it's absolutely crucial. And I can just give you a, a very quick example on how I personally experienced that. So I come from Austria, which is uh, located in the center of Europe, uh, rather conservative. And when I deal here with cities and, and, and city leaderships, I would say about 90% of the people I deal with are men. And in the past couple of years, we have been working with uh, uh, two cities in Northern Europe where it happens to be that about half of the people that we deal with are women. And it is a profound difference in collaborating with female-led teams compared to male-led teams um, in, in, in that respect. But here comes the fact that many of these teams not only have 
you know, a more balanced gender situation, but they also have a way more diverse team of backgrounds from the people. So the urban planning department does not only have urban planners in it, but they have, I don't know, they have mobility experts and they have um, sociologists and they might have people who are dealing with communications and people from, uh, you know, physics and very different areas. Um, and all of these play together in trying to find solutions to challenges. And I think that's one of the learnings that we have seen uh, when working with inno innovative cities that they have found a way to break down their topic silos and really get people with many, many different backgrounds into the teams that need to find solutions for challenges. Peter, you've employed hundreds of specially trained new managers. You've spoken a little bit about your leadership training programs. How do you get the right people behind you and build the right team of diverse perspectives to join you on this transformation journey? Uh, I think it's important to have an inspiring vision and uh, clear and very ambitious goals that attracts people. And once again, culture is important. In, in Helsingborg, we, uh, we have a culture that promotes daring, testing and doing and, and kind of states that nothing is impossible and that attracts people. And we have also invested in innovation and sustainability. And we have replaced our uh, old balanced governance system with a system of trust-based governance. And all of this is, uh, is well known and a part of our city's brand uh, as an innovative and sustainable city. And in my, uh, my view, that attracts the right people. And well on board, um, I think it's important to, to talk about the why. Why do we have to become a more innovative city? Uh, why do we have to collaborate more? It's in why we, we find motivation, we find understanding and the power to go forward. So um, if you focus on the why, you also get the right people to want to work for a transformation of the city so we could solve the problems that Helsingborg and other cities are facing. Now, let's take a look at how you get your citizens involved in making their city a more sustainable, inclusive place to live. You've established an annual vision fund that allows any resident to realize their city development dream. How does this work in practice? So the vision fund is, is a fund uh, that residents and companies can apply money from in order to realize their ideas on how to contribute to better welfare in the future and or a smarter, more sustainable city. And every year we grant this fund one million Swedish crowns uh, to um, creative and innovative projects. And you can actually apply for funding up to 100,000 Swedish crowns for your project. And since the start of the Vision Fund in 2014, over 120 ideas have been implemented by citizens. And all of uh, the projects has in different ways contributed to the development of, of Helsingborg as a more inclusive and sustainable and, and, and smart city. And, and that creates a lot of motivation for the citizens to, to get involved and uh, make Helsingborg a better place to, to live and uh, work in. Gerald, do you have any uh, other examples of citizen engagement and transformation plans in other cities? I know getting citizen engagement or getting citizen ideas can be something that is challenging to city leaders. 
So one one example could be, for example, the city of Groningen in the Netherlands. So they came up very early in their um, process of, of, of getting people more involved. They come up with a project called uh, Vitamin G and the goal was to find ways on how to green the city, uh, how to get more uh, more greenery into the city. And they had the typical project where they invited people to come up with ideas. But what was the particular part of this is that they were not only uh, soliciting close to 2,000 uh, ideas, I think, but what they then did is they actually implemented every single one of them. So they pulled similar ones together and then gave the people the funds to do it themselves. So the people took ownership first. Uh, then they saw, hey, my voice counts. I can actually make a difference. And they, they kind of owned their little projects uh, in the neighborhoods, in their house, in the city, wherever uh, it was about. But I've never, ever heard about a, you know, uh, a project where they wanted to attract ideas and then actually got all of them implemented. Finally, Peter, if someone was visiting Helsingborg for the first time, what would be your favorite place to show them in the city? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, we have so many special places in Helsingborg. But if I have to choose one, um, I think I will go for the former royal castle of Sofiru in Swedish um, and its beautiful garden. Uh, which has actually has been appointed Europe's most beautiful garden a few years ago. So warm welcome to Helsingborg and the castle of Sofiru. I can't wait to visit the city and the castle. Thanks so much for joining us, Peter. It's been great having you on the podcast, sharing the story of Helsingborg, which is certainly very inspiring. Thank you so much for having me. Gerald, it's been a pleasure having you as well. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for uh, inviting me to your show. Do join us again to meet more special guests discussing the future of cities. Also, you can subscribe to this series so you won't miss an episode. From me, Megan Mills, Peter Danielson, and Gerald Babel-Sutter, thanks for listening and goodbye. The City Citizen, back soon.